This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. In Luke 18.1, he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Saying, there was a, in a city a, a, a judge, we did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, which cry out day and night to him, though he be as long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. But this is the catch. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Matthew 6. Let's just do the two reading. Then I can step down to teach. Because this place is too high for me. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Therefore, do not be like them. That's verse number 8. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll go back again to Luke chapter number 18. Now, this is important. Do you mind if I step down? Okay, thank you. It's always better for me. <laughs> Amen. Okay, we can have that down too. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's better. He spoke a parable to them. Now, a parable is, um, how do I put it? Um, socioeconomic construct to explain a spiritual truth. So whenever the Lord wanted to ex establish a spiritual truth, he would go into the socioeconomic sector and look for parallels. And those are the things described in scripture as parables. So, um, and that is how the Lord taught. We're all used to that. So if you wanted to teach something that's essentially spiritual, because at that time it was difficult for people to comprehend truth at that level. So he has a way of bringing the truth down to their level. So we look for something in the environment that is like a direct parallel of the truth he was trying to teach. So this, in this place he was trying to teach on prayer. And if you sense what is happening in the body of Christ this season, we all know that this is a season God is calling believers to pray like never before. And I thank God this is a praying church. And if ever there is a message the Holy Spirit will have me to deliver to us, is that what Jesus said at the beginning of that parable. He spoke a parable to them. And what was he trying to say to them? That men ought to pray always. He's been here for almost 33 years. He looked at men. 
he looked at what what we are coming against every day what comes against us every day things that you are not even aware of you know as we are here now you've gone to work you are here you don't even know what has come against you or what you have come against all day because we we don't see some of those things you can imagine how much operations of the spirit already happened today you can imagine how many data in the realm of the spirit you know either you released or was released somewhere you can imagine how many operations went on in the realm of the spirit between 7 a.m and 7 p.m and, and some of those things some of us came at long you know into a long condition with all of those things without us even knowing so when jesus looked at our situation he looked at what we are subject to he looked at our frailties he concluded he said now having come into this flesh as a man too i tell you one truth as a man if, if you are going to operate here on that if you are going to operate successfully on that there's only one verdict he said men always ought to pray that means the lord is saying outside of praying there's a safe zone you can never create in the scheme of things that means outside of praying as a man there's an enabling you can never activate so when he looked at us and he looked at our frailties and we look at what is going on in our nation today we look at what is going on in our environment we look at xenophobia you look at all those things you see you can be there and be complaining you can be there and get angry but jesus is saying the solution to all these things is that number one as a man there must never be a point in which you are discouraged when it comes to the subject of prayer you ought to pray always somebody say always, always. that means as a man prayer is a continuous thing it must never stop you say except maybe if you are not a man again maybe if you are an angel this rule is not obtainable maybe if you are in heaven this rule is not obtainable maybe if you live in another uh, you know what do we call it um what do we call the solar system another planet maybe this truth is not obtainable but if you are not as a man he didn't even say pray very well he said you have to pray always and guess what he said i'm not to lose that i like it in the old king james version he says i'm not to faint so that means the opposite of not praying is fainting so is it that you are praying or you are fainting and, and let's be real how many people are fainting and it's not just about here locally it's about the entire body of christ imagine fainting people trying to make decisions and you are fainting have you seen somebody fainting before maybe they are playing ball or they are doing athletics and somebody is there say i can run i can run and they start bam and what happens to the person he faints what do you think you do when when, when somebody faints you rush the person you want to help the person imagine a fainting man now saying i want to be governor of lagos state who's going to take you serious so the posture in the spirit is it that you are praying or you are fainting is it that you are praying or you are losing that so the lord is saying the reason why men ought to pray always is because the opposite of that posture in the spirit is that you are fainting and a fainting man cannot get anything significant done here or not so i like us to make up our mind and and be honest with yourself you know we're about to take communion now are you praying or you are fainting because you see what is around us can make you to faint if you are not praying you, you want to look at the political tension 
the socio-economic tension. I mean, I mean, I mean look, you, you look at this country at times. You are like, what a country. You know, you want to look at all that. And, and if you are not careful, you begin to view things from the perspective of a fainting man. Not from the perspective of a brain man. So the Lord said, if you are going to be what your salt as a man, you ought to pray always. So it's not just a one-off thing. It's not something you do when you feel like doing. It's always. That means the name of this programming language that is going to get the job done as a man is praying always. Praying always. Because if you don't do that, he's fainting always. He's losing out always. You see, a lot of people are beginning to lose out about so many things. And if you look at losing out, you will realize that the reason is because you are not praying. Now, the Lord now gave us an operational construct here, which is very important. He said, in prayer, the first significant thing you need to realize is that life is not fair. So he gave us two models of praying. And unfortunately, a lot of believers have embraced that first model. What is the first model or the first module? He said at times, prayer is like a widow trying to appease an unjust judge. <laughs> and guess what? Believe me, if you don't know tonight, just know, as from tonight, that that is how life is. Life is not fair. And life is never designed to be fair. Because the day fairness died was the day Jesus died for us. How can a righteous man die for unrighteous people? That is not fair. So the day Jesus died, something died. It's called fairness. Life is not fair. But however, there are two cards people are playing when it comes to spiritual warfare to pray and not losing that. Number one, a lot of people see life and, and the card they are playing is that I, I'm a widow. I'm vulnerable. You know, when you talk about a widow, you are talking about one of the highest forms of vulnerability that means you don't have support that means you are just there you know uh, the forces are coming against you you don't have anything with which to fight back all you keep on doing is appeasing appeasing life and trying to do things but the bible says that judge doesn't fear god and he doesn't regard man believe me that is how life is so the day you begin to understand life, you will see why you need to pray. That means life is not designed in a manner that is God-fearing. Or life is not also designed in a manner that is having regard for you. Imagine a widow. So this widow goes to this judge and he says, and he just sits there and he says, I don't send you. Let me use our local word. Because I don't fear God. If there is the fear of God. Some of the things happening in our clan will not happen. And if there is regard for men, some of the things happening in our clan will not happen. So, you see, the earlier you get used to the fact that life is like this, the better it is for you. Because, you see, a lot of people have not understood the game called life. So, and, and whenever they see an element of unfairness, they are crying. They are like, oh, how can they do this to me? You see, when, when they begin to do that to you, they are beginning to show you life. Because that's how life is. Just like what Pastor Lada posted it on Facebook one day. You help a lot of people. That doesn't mean if you need help, they will help you. 
You see, by the time you need help and they don't help you, and you are complaining, you don't understand life. But by the time you begin to understand life, that this system doesn't fear God. It doesn't, you see, how many people are you going to help? That tomorrow, if you need help, they, they will not even look your way. But by the time you are now helping people with a prospect that tomorrow, if you need help, they will help you, then you don't understand life. You are going to shoot yourself in the leg. Because when you now wake up and they don't help you, you start crying. Meanwhile, life is designed like that because this system doesn't fear God. So what, what, what card are you playing? Are you a widow trying to appease an unjust judge? But however, there's a principle to draw from there before we talk about second motto. The principle is that as unfair as that judge is, there is a principle even the unjust judge cannot, cannot but respect. <laughs> The judge was not fair. You understand? He doesn't care about the woman. That means, as far as he's concerned, we just sit down and be looking at the woman. We're just by, by the time you finish wasting your time, you'll go. But the woman kept on coming. The woman kept on coming. The woman kept on coming. And life said, look, even though I'm not fair, but I respect a principle. And that principle is that if people continue to come, if people continue to come, if people continue to come, if people, go, people are persistent, if people are consistent, at some point, even life will say, I give up. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm happy you are clapping. That is the game many of us are playing. You know, it's a game of wearing out life. That even life will say, okay, what exactly do you want? Admission, okay. Husband, all right. Sure, if you give your husband, you are fine. <laughs> Just take. Because even life is afraid that if you continue to come, life is afraid that you will wear life out. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Say, is that the card you are playing in prayer? Just, just, you know, you've seen this lacuna that yes, I might not have faith. I might not have grace. I might not have to pray. But if I continue to say, husband, husband, wife, admission, Canada, in Canada, Canada. What a time we're going live, we say, is it Canada you want? We've been hearing this Canada too much. We're afraid now. You will wear us out. Even though we don't send you, but allow. <laughs> is that the card you're playing? If that is the card you are playing, you are not taking advantage of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, most people in the church, that is the card they are playing. Just pushing at life. Life is pushing at them. So they push more. They push the more. The more they deny them visa, they apply again. You know, they apply again. They apply again until one day. The man at the interview just looked at him and said, this guy has applied 13 times. Okay, let's just allow him. You know, and, and when they come to church, they share the testimony. Praise the Lord. You know, oh, don't give up, brethren. Brethren, don't give up. <laughs> and somebody that is discouraged that says, Yes, we must not give up. We must not give up. But look at the posture. A widow. A disadvantaged individual. Somebody lacking significantly as in resources. Somebody that is not heavily endowed. Somebody that is a victim of the system. So, you see, when we begin to pray like that, we are playing the victim card. How about the second module? Jesus said, look at what the unjust judge said. He's afraid of being worn out. He's afraid of the fact that if this should continue, this woman will wear me out. 
but there's no measure of grace there but jesus said on the flip side the posture is the elect they do see that first of all gave us a posture of a widow trying to appease an unjust judge he said shall not god is there a scripture anywhere shall not god avenge his own elect when you see elect you begin to see a measure of grace you begin to see a measure of faith have you seen somebody that is called governor elect before what does it mean is is a governor elect trying to win the election again or the president elect what does it mean to be president elect that means you won that means you're already more than a conqueror what is the difference between the elect and the widow is the difference between prayer that is just offered because people are pushing alive and prayer that is offered because you're a new creation in christ jesus because you understand that you won because you understand that you are an elect you understand that look what you are trying to get is rightfully given to you in christ jesus you understand that you are not trying to win this election you already declare more than a conqueror so you are the elect and all you are doing is not appealing to a system again is crying to god So that means somebody can be praying and say, all you are doing in the realm of the spirit is attacking a system. But somebody can be praying. All you are doing is talking to God. He says, shall not God avenge his own elect which cry out day and night unto him? And you know why at times it looks as if God is not hearing? It's because he's waiting for something. And that's why scripture says, yes at times there are delays no doubt because it's called he bears long with them so you can be praying for something on the faith lane and it's as if every time you're making a confession it's not happening but you see don't forget that first statement that you are the elect of god and because you are the elect you are no longer praying for that thing to happen for the elect prayer is not attacking the system prayer is recalibrating your heart to come in alignment with the purpose of god for your life that means prayer is the most humbling thing an elect can do if, if you want to see how humble people are one of the greatest manifestations of humility is praying because not praying you know what you're trying to tell god like people who didn't pray this morning now before before they left home that means you are saying you, you already have it figured out why do you need God? That means you don't need his support. You don't need his resource. She means to go from Yanokbaja to, to uh, Egbeda. You know, you, you have it. So you don't, you don't see any reason why you should consult God. But the Bible is saying for the elect, God will avenge you speedily. Did you see that? Look, unlike the unjust job that you need to beg and wind, when God is dealing with the elect, there's an element of speed there. But you see, the problem is that the faith level of the elect at times cannot catch up with the speed of God. Give me that verse again. I tell you, this is the Lord, he will avenge them speedily. So there's nothing you are asking God to do for you as a believer on the faith lane that he has not done speedily. So that means God is saying, unlike the unjust judge, that you have to beg that you have to coerce, that you have to like appeal to, like, like you have to do so many things. He said, God has a way of adding speed. But if you don't see that manifestation of speed, trust him because you are the elect. 
you know, trust him that the reason why he's bearing along with you is because on this other side, he's looking for one thing. Look at, look at the next statement. Though he bears along with them, Jesus now said, let me teach you the secret of all this. Verse number 8. Look at verse number 8. <laughs> I tell you, we avenge them speedily. When God avenges you speedily, and it's as if the matter is tarrying, what is he looking for? That's why he said, nevertheless. That means he's saying, even though I've answered, even though I've avenged you speedily, if you are not seeing that result, there's a nevertheless. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, when does it come true for you? She has the elect, the moment you kneel down to pray on the faith lane, he has come. But whenever he comes, he's not looking for persistence, attacking the system. He's not looking for those things. He's looking for one scarce element. It's called faith. He said, nevertheless, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith? That means the Lord is saying, yes, on our part, there is speed. But on your part, we are looking for faith. That when I come, at the level at which you are praying, and at the level at which I put you, number one, and elect, number two, I've answered you speedily, and number three, when I now come, for that to be put together, so that your prayer and the result is delivered at the level of the speedy execution, there's one element I'm looking for. Can I find faith? The difference between the unjust judge and the widow and the elect and God is faith. Many of us are praying for so many things. And I say that, I will quickly get back to the second scripture and close. If you check your heart really, you know because we are about to take communion, is there faith in your heart? Or you are just pushing because people have told us that if you pray the more, if you pray the more, and here is the Lord all day standing and is also standing here tonight. And he said, What you are praying to God for? Where's 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 the corresponding faith on the earth? Where is the substance of things you are hoping for? Where is the evidence of things not yet seen in your prayer? Because in, in dealing with you as the elect, that is the scarce commodity we are looking for. That means the Lord is saying faith is a precious commodity on the earth. That whenever it comes every day, new every morning, it's so scarce that he, he has to look for it. It's like, where is it? Who has it? Who has got it? And I believe in HOD tonight. Somebody is there listening to this message and you are saying, Lord, it cannot go beyond tonight because I have faith now for it. I'm, I'm not pushing like a widow. I know I'm the elect and I'm standing as the elect and I understand as the elect you have avenged me speedily. So if you know God has avenged you speedily concerning what you're asking him for, what is going to be in your heart? Or you're just asking him for you and you're thinking the more you try to bombard God, the more he's going to do it. But God is saying it doesn't work that way. As the elect, there's a way I answer you, and there's an element of speed. So if I answer you speedily and you don't see a speedy execution of the work, check your faith level. You want to tell your neighbor, say the Lord is here tonight. And he's looking for one thing. Faith. Shall he find faith in your prayers, in your dealings? In your endeavors. Somebody say faith. It's a scarce commodity. And one of the things the Lord does 
whenever you are praying, to activate that dynamics of faith is to grant you the ministry of the Spirit. Very important. Now let's quickly get to the second scripture. Matthew 6. Then we'll begin to round up. Now I now said, in order to tie the two together, as the elect, how do we pray? Now this is important. Before you ask him, in this manner therefore pray. Please give me verse 9. After this manner therefore pray. Now it's not saying on like the unjust judge and the widow. The elect, this is how they should pray. In this manner. It didn't say pray this prayer. It said pray in this manner. That means this is a principle that you undergird the outlook of your praying. And what is the first thing he said as elect? These are the faith boosters. This is what he's looking for. Number one, unlike the widow and a judge, he said as elect, whenever you are praying, the, the attribute of God you are appealing to in prayer is the fatherhood of God. Do you understand? God has many attributes. The other guy was a judge, but God said, I don't play the judge card in prayer. I play the father's card. So, he said, so if you are going to pray as the elect and get what you are believing me for speedily, you must not see me any other way other than as a father. And to understand that fatherhood, he now compared with the fatherhood of men. He looked at men. He said, you guys, he looked at the people in his time. He said, you all agree with me that you are evil. And he said, yes. He said, in your being evil, you still manifest fatherhood. He said, if you've been evil as fathers, you know how to give good gifts unto your children. He was teaching fatherhood. He said, how much more your heavenly father. He said, in being evil, none of you, a son will ask for what? Bread. And he will give him what? Stone. He will ask for what again? Fish. And give him what? Ask for what again? Whatever. And he said, that is fatherhood at the lower level. He said, look, if fatherhood at the lower level in evil people, we never substitute bread for stone or fish for scorpion. Say how much more you have only father. The problem is that when a lot of people are praying, they are not praying to a father. They are praying to a God. They are praying to a judge. And the Lord is saying, the aspect of me I've offered to people in praying is my fatherhood. And the fatherhood of God is the responsible side of God. When God says I'm a father, you know the meaning of that? That means... All, all throughout history, nobody knew God as a father until Jesus came. And he came with a lot of risks because the first time he said, God is my father, you know what the people did? They took stone. Because to them, it's blasphemy. That means you want to, and, and, and believe me, in the mind of so many people, if you listen to their prayer, that blasphemy code is still there, that God cannot be your father. We accept that it's God. <laughs> no doubt. And for so many people, whenever they are praying, God is judged. They can relate to that. Especially when they want to deal with the enemy. Oh God, judge the matter. You, you know, people don't have a problem with that. But that God is a father. is a problem with people. That, and that's what Jesus had to say when you are praying. He's our father. But you know the second problem. 
as we round up we're saying how they let you pray the problem is that that our father is not in lagos is that not a second problem is that that our father we're talking about here is in heaven and that will also help us how we pray isn't it <laughs> because if that our father were to be in lagos he might be coming from ajawa state now there might be traffic so that our father has left the physical realm so that prayer can be offered here and answer can come from china because since our father is in heaven he has that means earthly limitations cannot affect the way he answers our prayer because it's not subject to this realm again so this is our father in order for our prayer to be interesting ceased not to answer the prayer as our father in lagos so that what is limiting people in lagos should not limit how we this our father will choose to answer our prayers aren't we grateful to god for that said our father who is in heaven and when we are talking about heaven you know you can say heaven but for for the elect heaven is a dimension <laughs> heaven is a dimension where there's no wrath where there's no teeth where nothing breaks in heaven is a dimension where you are seated with christ that means that, that means he's saying the way your prayer is going to be answered for example get used to this our father who is in heaven if you are praying to god for a billion naira now in heaven they don't spend naira so because it's our father is in heaven how do you think he's going to answer you heavenly currency and the only way you can create an exchange for an heavenly currency is by faith so that means somebody is bringing God for a billion now. Don't think God will just go and take one billion from Central Bank and give to you. It's not our father who is in Lagos. He doesn't have access to the vault of any bank. But because it's in heaven. So what does he do? He gives you an heavenly idea. That once it's executed, the value in Naira is a billion Naira. But by the time he's giving you that heavenly idea, if there's no faith, you can't catch it. So since we know our Father is in heaven, every time we pray, let's look for heavenly answers, not earthly answers. Because the answers to the prayer will not be earthly. Because it does not operate at this level. So what, what does that mean? <laughs> if you are looking for a billionaire, don't begin to check your bank account. It does not work that way. I was sharing a testimony to me about somebody who wanted to take the other tent, one of our friends, and sent money. Same thing also. I remember when we were doing the building in Maryland, the same thing, the same pattern. Somebody walks in and, and just says, oh, what's going on there? And there, there's a church. And I was like, oh, I've been wanting to help a church. And he goes into his car, somebody you don't know from anywhere, and he writes a check of a million and says, whatever this church is, I don't know. I just feel like supporting church. Because, you see, but we wake up in the morning and we're looking at our bank statement. Heavenly resource will not fit into your bank statement. Heavenly resource is everywhere. It can come from any quarter. So by the time you now limit yourself to your bank statement, then you don't understand this our father. That is why in your interest, he chooses to operate from heaven. <laughs> so that there is no earthly limitations at all. 
so that it's not a question of uh, I'm sending it. You know, it was at the server of the bank went down. You know, <laughs> there's nothing like that. It does not operate through all those systems. Any system it chooses to operate through is a perfect system. Can the keyboard just get on the keyboard? One more point. I'll close. What is Jesus looking for? Faith. What are we talking about? Three elements of our faith boosters. Number one, the fatherhood of God. We are dealing with a father. I'm a father. I was with Pastor Bakari this afternoon. We were having lunch. And he was explaining fatherhood. And, and over there, you know what he did? He knelt down. And he said, PD, come. Like he calls me, he says, stand. And he knelt down. He said, PD, he said, let's say I'm your son. So he said, I'm, so he said it was my son. He was like, PD, please pay my school fees now. Pay my school fees now. And he now went down, he, he prostrated. He said, please pay my school fees. He said, does your son do that to you before he pays school fees? But where many of us are praying, because we don't understand the fatherhood of God. That is how we appeal to God. And God is embarrassed. And it's like, where is faith? Because we make God to look like a father who doesn't care for his own. We make God to look like a father who is limited when it comes to resources. We make God to look like a father that is limited by our bank statements. We forget that when it comes to heavenly places, there's no lack there. Do you understand this concept of the fatherhood of God? Because that's one of the greatest secrets of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the third element there, he said, Hallowed be your name. We round up at that level. The greatest faith booster in prayer are the revealed names of God by the Holy Spirit as you are praying. You must hallow his name. You see, Moses was the first person to miss out significantly when it comes to hallowing the name of God. God said, Moses, speak to the rock. Water is going to come out. Moses struck the rock twice because he was angry. And he said, you rebels, must we bring water out of the rock for you? The water still came out. The miracle happened. No problem. But at night, God called Moses. God said, come here. He said, you know the reason why you are not going to enter into the promised land? You did not hallow me. That means you did not walk at the level of the revelation that I've given to you, which is my name. So when he wanted to say something to Abraham at some point, he looked at Abraham and said, Abraham, there's a name you don't know. I'm going to reveal it to you today. Because in praying, what we are looking out for is a particular name God wants to reveal, which he wants to reveal himself at a time. See, every season of our life, God is saying, this is my name now. Hallow it. That means let this name, for example, now you can wake up this morning and, and the Lord says, look at me. I'm your provider. That day, to pick up your phone and ask anybody for help. Ha, ah, you did not hallow his name. That means God has revealed a name. He's saying, this is who I am this season. That means he can look at you and say, I'm your helper. And, and, and you leave that, you go and you say, help me. You know, you know how he gets to God. God is saying, my name must be hallowed. And that is what we do in prayer. So he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I am the almighty God. And because I'm the almighty God, there are implications. 
you can't go left right and center again you have to walk before me and be perfect that means as the almighty god you can't look for might elsewhere i am the all that means going elsewhere again to look for might and for support that is why he said walk before me he said before you can afford to walk beside me can afford to walk behind me but as the almighty the implication is that i must be seeing the back of your head now you can't turn left you can't turn right because there's no might you are looking for anywhere every might is here i am the almighty lord walk before me and be that perfect that was abraham <laughs> when they got to egypt i'll just give that to example and we'll begin to pray it was a different ball game in egypt Moses said, yes, your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew me by the name El Shaddai. Because El Shaddai is the name of God that he reveals when you're already doing fine, but he wants you to do better. These guys were not poor. Abraham was not a poor man when God called him. So El Shaddai is that you're already making one million. God wants you to start making hundred million. He will reveal himself as El Shaddai. But here, 430 years after, the descendants are in slavery. El Shaddai doesn't work for slaves because they are not yet productive they've not got into level of productivity that can be increased that can be enhanced so god told moses he said there's another name they did not know but because it's a different situation i want to reveal another name he said i have another name abraham did not know it's the name jehovah the lord you see pharaoh if he had sense the day god revealed himself as the lord was the day Pharaoh should have allowed them to go because the Lord, you know the meaning, he must have his way. Whether you say no or you say yes, in fact, no is not synonymous with Lord. What is synonymous with Lord? Yes, Lord. There's nothing like no Lord. You can't say no and say Lord. <laughs> so when he says, My name is the Lord, that means anyone that will not hallow that name will be drowned in the rest so in boosting our faith this faith that jesus is looking for our father heavenly resources then number three what is his name there's a name is revealing to this church this season there's a name is revealing to your family this season you see tomorrow by december i can change that name don't also get used to that if he says this is my name now don't think that is what is going to be see it can be new every morning it can come tomorrow now I said, my name is this. My name is the merciful God. That means at every point to boost our faith, he will emphasize a particular name. That means an aspect of him you did not know. And please don't violate it. Whenever he reveals it, hallow it. Hallow it. And that, that, that is the greatest secret of the Jews. So they look at their history. And they are like, God healed people. So it's Jehovah Rapha. So it doesn't matter if other people are not healed. They cannot blame God because they've trapped that name. They've hallowed that name that is a God that heals. So your sickness cannot mess up that name because it's been hallowed. It's been referenced. It's been cited. So how much of the names of God this season has been going to come in your you can just wake up in the morning and God says, I'm the mighty man of battle. Maybe there's a battle going on in your office. For you to now go to the office and start raking. You are not hallowing that name. And once you don't hallow his name, 
you can't allow him to operate fully that means the operational construct of that season is affected did you get something tonight we cry our father hallowed be your name hallowed be your name hallowed be who is lifting up your hand we cry our father come on operationalize one of those constructs which is what is the name i'm sure in the course of the teaching he has revealed a name to you and you see also that in book of revelation i said i'm also going to give you a name that no other person can receive that name other than you so god will just look at you and they can just say i am the dreaded mighty warrior see there are many ways he says it so tonight as we go to communion i want you to think about it what do you think is the revelation of the name of god that you must hallow this season for somebody there you are crying for rent and god is saying i'm the provider hallow that first of all had sanctify that name that means let that name first of all set to all the questions in your heart you know it also happened when they got to egypt moses asked god he said i know these people i know how spiritual things work they're going to ask me what is your name and God said at that level there's another name again he said tell them my name is I am that I am that means I'm the undefined one I will be whatever you want me to be if you think I have paid the rent I am and, and, and the problem with I am is that if you think otherwise too I am if you think I'm strong I am if you think I'm weak I am if you think I'm faithful I am if you think i'm unfaithful i am <laughs> so that means i am whatever your faith can carry and tonight i want somebody to begin to pray and that is why 
we are crying hallowed be your name I, I don't know the name is revealing to you this season look at the situation that is troubling your heart tonight and pick a name by revelation and say Lord this is what you are revealing this is what you are revealing coming into Christ is beyond joining the church is beyond the religion it is joining God's family and that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus so I just want to lead you right away now if you are if you want to give your heart to Christ just see after me say Lord Jesus I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you if you have said those words will be late you are born again you are part of God's family right now you can go ahead and rejoice about it God bless you we love you Thank you.